Hi, Dino Tripodis with Whiskey Business, and we're on a field trip this week at Middle West Spirits. How did two guys go from, hey, let's make some booze to a national empire? You'll find out tonight. Remember when you were in school and you got excited because you were going to go on a, on a field trip, but you had, to, you had to go home first and get your permission slip signed by your parents and they asked you a lot of questions as to where you were going and you really didn't have a good answer as to where you were going because you never heard what the educational reason was for the field trip. All you knew is that you were not going to be in class or in school for a day. You were gonna be out. And yes, there had to be something educational attached to it. Maybe you're going to Washington, D.C. to see something you don't know. Or maybe you were going to the zoo to see something you didn't care. All you knew is that you were going on a field trip and that was the most important thing in the world. And every once in a while, every once in a while, your mother or your father wouldn't sign off on the permission slip and you couldn't go and you were forced to stay back with a bunch of other kids in the school that you're not supposed to be in while everybody else was learning and being educated and out of school. Well, we're on a field trip tonight and guess what? We don't have any permission slips from our mothers. We came all on our own and we're gonna learn a lot tonight about whiskey made right here in Columbus, Ohio. Hello, I'm Dino Tripodis and welcome to Whiskey Business, a podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. And tonight it is definitely one with whiskey. We have the honor and the pleasure of being here at Middle West Spirits. Some of you may be familiar with OIO and have been part of the whole transition, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. But we're here with uh, our Director of Marketing, Josh Daly, and uh, Ryan, yeah, yeah, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Lang. Lang. <laughs> Ryan Lang, one of the man's, the, the, the brains, the you run it and he sells it. Is that what you told me earlier? Something like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of selling, Hansberry, a couple quick things before we get started. Please subscribe to Whiskey Business on iTunes. Rate and review us because that helps uh, propagate. Uh, that's that's my new favorite podcasting word. Propagate. Do you know what the definition of propagate is? To propagate yeast? Yeah, yeah. certainly. Yeah. And See, it, maybe it's a whiskey term that I didn't even know about. <laughs> Fell right into I, I still don't know. He did? Using, I just don't know if you're using it correctly. It just means when, when you subscribe and rate review on iTunes, more people find out about us. So what would the right word be? Propagate? <laughs> that, um, disseminate? Prostitute. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Pour it out. Yeah. <laughs> Pour it out. Yeah. So the more you subscribe, the more we're able to whore it out. That's a, I think that's a term. Okay, whore it out. All right. Everybody Fair enough. would understand. Well, thank go, you for oh, whoring yourself out. That's what he means by propagate. <laughs> well, it is an Apple iTunes product. So, you know, yeah. um, sorry. Uh, bite the hand that feeds us. But, um, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube. This is actually very cool. I'm, we'll get into it a little bit, but we're uh, on site, like Dino said. And uh, uh, John Whitney's here with the video cameras. It's a beautiful, beautiful room we're in. Um, it, it's gorgeous. Like yeah. I was teasing earlier, it's one of the coolest rooms in the fucking city. Subscribe to YouTube, Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. How did it go from, hey, let's make some booze 
to literally this. This is millions of dollars of equipment and service being, you know, running night and day, I would imagine. Yes? Oh, yeah. Uh, how did it go from, you know, it's not like, hey, let's put on a play. My dad's got a barn. My, my sister's got some costumes. And then you go and put on a little play in the backyard. This is major. So how did that even grow from that initial idea? Who had the idea, first of all? Well, uh, I, um, I have a little bit of a family history in, in distilling. And, and when I met Brady, my business partner, in 2008, I was like, look, I can build this. I'm, I'm an engineer, process engineer. I can make liquor. My family's been doing it for a long time. Now, uh, when you say your family's been doing it for a long time, legally? Oh, hell no. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. They, they, uh, they had a little bit of a bootlegging history. And uh, I learned at an early age the ins and outs of what, uh, what this constituted, how you, how you made this work. But, uh, you know, when we decided to go all in, you know, that was my job. It was go make sure you can make stuff and, and see where we go. And then it just metastasized over the years. And we realized that, you know, we really, really, really love the idea of long-term creating some pretty amazing whiskeys right here in Columbus, Ohio. And we decided to just take every dollar we ever made and we just dumped it right back in. So that's really what did it. We just, every dollar just went right back into just figuring out how to build this because whiskey is a game of volume and attrition. It's, it's time, it's aging, it's making sure you have the right amount of product put back so you can sell it five, 10 years down the road. It's, right. it's a hard model. It's a very it's hard a, model. And, and in 2008, when you get the idea to found the company, obviously you're not gonna have any product in 2008. You're nope. just putting your heads together and trying to figure out what the next steps are going to be? Um, where, you know, help me with my history here. Where in the in the whiskey bourbon boom were we at that point? Were we uh, just kind of like growing, or had just busted wide open? No, it hadn't yet. Um, it was starting to. Um, the craft segment was still pretty young. Uh, we uh, we went to. Uh, our first ADI, American Distilling Institute Conference in uh, Alameda, California at Hangar One, St. George in 2007. And I, I think there were 50, 100 of us standing in a room. We were the 56th licensed distillery to be actually operating in the United States. And now it's, I don't know, it's over 2,000. Wow. So wow, it was very wow. early, very early on. Um, and uh, nothing had really broken free yet. You could see the opportunity and then craft just took off. And uh, then the large, uh, large guys, um, you know, they just started growing as well. Bourbon caught fire and it's still pretty hot right now. It's so. still very, very hot. Yeah. Now, was uh, Brady into whiskey or did he have any background or history in, in this world? Or he just thought like, you know what, sounds good to me, I'm in. <laughs> no, Brady was, uh, he was more in the digital marketing side. Uh, one of the, the, you know, Bill Owens at ADI, um, he told us a long time ago, back when we first started, he's like, if you spend a dollar in producing, you better spend a dollar in marketing and sales. And he was right. He's like, if you raise a million dollars to build this, you better raise a million dollars to sell it. And, um, and Brady brought that to the table. He, um, he's got an extensive background in that. And he came in and, and took over the marketing while I built the place. And Josh and I mashed in at two 
2 a.m. So <laughs> for when, a two when, years. Did, when did Josh come into this? Were you here from the get-go with all I this? I was, yeah. From the so very beginning. Brady and Ryan are kind of like the yin and the yang, right? Left mm-hmm. brain, right brain coming right. together. Mm-hmm. They both complement each other very well. Uh, I had uh, uh, the pleasure of coming on pretty early before we launched uh, to learn how to mash, ferment, and distill with Ryan and understand process. Wow. And what and did you, did you know anything about this world other before you got into it? Besides drinking it, no. no, no besides, <laughs> but you know, that. start. That's a that that is a good start. Yeah. I mean, you have to to know what you like and and to be able to discern what your tastes are going to be and say, yeah, I like this. But as far as selling the product, I mean, were you nervous going in? Like, how am I going to do this? Um, a little bit, yeah. but knowing how to make it uh, and understanding the heart and the passion we put into it, it was easy. If you if you love what you do, it's easy to sell. So you remember those early days when you first started it? Oh yeah, and, and where it was, and where you guys are now, which you know you are covering. You you have gone national with 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 your product, and what's what's Josh like today? Selling Middle West as opposed to day one back in 2000. A lot busier. Uh, yeah, a lot busier. Uh, it's still fun, I guess, is what I'm asking. Definitely, yeah. yeah. I think with anything else, as you grow, you experience different things. And you get to move on and, and experience you know, different roles. And that's been the fun part. You know, We worked really hard when we first started. We're still working hard now. And the benefit of what we've built is to hopefully start having a lot more fun again. Uh, you know, it's, it's been hard. It hasn't been easy. But, it's, but we've still enjoyed it everything we've done you said you got some history ryan in in the in the whiskey making world um some bootlegging history where are you from originally uh originally uh central pennsylvania a small town called williamsburg um like williamsburg virginia there's one in pennsylvania that's uh, near altoona state college area where penn state is yeah and uh yeah i grew up in a farming community 2500 people um, our family immigrated. My my mother's side of the family immigrated in the early 1900s. 1902 was the the big Italian immigration. Uh, my father's side of the family immigrated in the uh, mid 1800s, and then they were. I had two grandfathers in the Civil War. They were Scottish. Had the Italians, but uh, so that's your mix. That's your mix. It is Scottish and Italian. Yep. Yep. So basically, you get in a fight and <laughs> kick your own ass. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> I argue with myself a lot. Uh, but uh, yeah, no. So when our, our family came over, they're just like every other Italian immigrated. They're poor and uh, worked in rock quarries. My great grandfather did and had 11 kids. And then my grandfather uh, went to World War II. Uh, both my grandfathers did. Uh, they were in the Pacific campaigns, came back, used the GI Bill. My great grandfather, uh, my grandfather, Mike Loon, which is that's what we named that one after the Michael and reserve. Oh, wow. Um, but, uh, he, uh, he took his GI bill and he bought farms. He bought three farms, uh, helped the family grow and they actually moonshined as a byproduct. So when they had extra grain at the end of the year, they would, they like more families than you realize probably that's what you did as an income. And they literally did that until well, well up into the seventies and eighties. And uh, when I was young, I, I had learned from him the basics of it. And when I told him, hey, well, I've got this harebrained idea. I'm going to go pay taxes, right? And, and, and he's the, he's the black sheep of the family, yeah, right? He's like, well, if you're going to do that, let me tell you where my stuff is. And, and literally, he spilled his guts, and I, I listened and took that in, and that's where everything kind of started. And this was So what we're consuming today, and I, I do want to mention that uh, yeah. our initial guest bottle this evening 
you know, we, you guys have kind of been a running gag on the podcast through various episodes because <laughs> we had the we had the Middle West uh, straight weeded bourbon. I think it was bottle eighty five. Yep. On the show, and we actually did this. When are you coming on? We're drinking your whiskey without you even asking us to. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and now and now we've got the Middle West spirit. This is the straight rye whiskey. Uh, this is 120 proof. This is a cask strength, and it, it is d it's damn freaking good. delicious it really is you know everybody some people we don't claim to be whiskey experts on this show i've said this a, a, a hundred times but we are whiskey enthusiasts mm -hmm. and a lot of people who are just now getting into whiskey will look at something and say oh 120 proof i don't know that'll kill me but no that's not that's not necessarily the case 120 proof doesn't mean it's it's gonna be fire going down your throat this is really really smooth yep. this is really really smooth and and my my i'm straying away from my original question some of the whiskeys that we're tasting here at middle west and with uh some of the other products with oio do they initially come from those those home recipes i mean is that where they're based out of yeah yeah they do um so one of the the backgrounds that i i learned growing up is is how important agriculture is to to making something uh, your food source is everything. So um, I grew up with it. We we did everything. We we canned tomatoes, canned green beans. I grew up with two full acre gardens where we planted 300 tomato plants every year. Just It was just a way of life. I didn't know anything else. So I, I really believe that when we started the company that the basis for what we were going to create was based upon the best raw materials you can get. And, um, you know, you get beyond the thought then you get into the science and the science actually really matters so starch contents flavor compounds all that stuff comes directly from the ground it's the terroir you usually hear wineries talk about mm -hmm. it's a real thing how you distill it how you break it down how you treat it it has it starts with that it's really and, flavorful too yeah. i mean like it 120 proof but it's got a ton of flavor it's yeah. really tasty and now that you put that ice cube in there it's yeah. gonna open yeah. up, it's gonna quite open a, bit it up a little yeah. bit more but yeah. i wanted to taste it initially just all by its lonesome before i opened it back up and josh when you're selling this product and when you started selling this product when they first started you know putting out bottles in 2010 founded in 2008 bottles went out in 2010 was that part of the spiel part of the i hate to say spiel because that sounds kind of carny like <laughs> hey, so but was that part of the pitch yeah it, it was, was part that, of it was that part of the pitch yeah. saying was look very, here's what we do and here's how we do it and you know yeah. it, listen yep it was know. very important to understand where you're getting your stuff from you know that was kind of when it started saying where am i buying my my groceries from where where are my eggs coming from where yeah. are all these things mm -hmm. being in ohio we're so close to agriculture as it is everyone in this room probably knows a farmer right so it's not too far removed from what we do uh, I just so, met one tonight. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, getting to know that made it a little easier. You know, when we first launched with a with a vodka with character, more of a European style, it was tough. I can yeah. tell you, it wasn't like any other vodka that was out in the market, and it was a harder sell. But once you got liquor to lips and people to try it, they yeah. understood the differences. Yeah, and what were you guys we thinking? Because vodka was huge. I mean, everybody. Yeah, had a vodka, and granted, it it started to get a little crazy, diluted. There were my, you know, my sister at Thanksgiving was drinking some sort of vanilla cream vodka from somebody or something. It was god awful, but she was like, "Oh, it's it's I just, it's like it's like I'm not even drinking vodka." You know, there were so many vodkas on the market at that yeah. point. What made you even stop to think that this one will stand out? Because it did. Yeah. Well, uh, when, we, when we first started down that path, we looked at a lot of the neutrals that are in the category, and there were 90 
on the store shelf mm-hmm. up the street. We we're like, oh my God, how are we going to compete with this? And by the way, we we're running a still that was a peanut compared to what we have now. So our costs to make that were just astronomically high. We had to come up with something that was a little different. And uh, we went and we worked with OSU uh, up at their ag extension in Wooster. And there was a, a professor there, his name was Ed Souza. And Ed, uh, we were like, Ed, we gotta find this ultimate grain. We have to figure out how to let this stand out because in vodka production, the last thing you do in vodka production is you run the vodka through a carbon molecular sieve. You run it through basically a Brita filter, a large Brita filter, and it takes anything that was made from that. I shit you not. Anything that was the that biggest was word ever that. on whiskey business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ding. Oh, sorry. You win. Way to go, Ryan. Oh gosh, sorry. I'll nerd out a little. No, uh, but I, I've, 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 I've run old. I've, I've run some some lower shelf whiskeys like old crow yeah yeah i've run them through a brita filter it works it changes right yeah it It changes it it changes it incredibly yeah so the carbon absorbs the flavor compounds of what you're producing right wrong or different bad flavors good flavors it will completely eliminate them so um that process we wanted to skip so we started with ed and we found about 10 different strains of wheat that were being grown and we went northern ohio southern ohio eastern ohio western ohio we settled on um a mill that was in Fostory, Ohio, called Manel Milling, and we tried their product, and it was—it wasn't what you traditionally get. So, if you're of a Hefeweizen fan, you like beer. Hefeweizens have a huge concentration of wheat grain in the actual beer, along with the barley, the malted barley. And what do you get out of a Hefeweizen? Usually, it's banana, and we did not want that. So, we found this soft red winter wheat from Fostoria that had a vanilla tone to it. So as soon as we found it, we set upon spending time perfecting that and figuring out, did we get it right out of the gate? Absolutely not. The first couple of batches were, <laughs> wasn't right. Uh, Interesting. But, but we just kept tweaking it over time and we found something that was a little different, a little off character, but more towards what a Polish vodka would be. And that became our story. It became our, our you know, that's where we stood because we wanted to focus more on the agricultural side. And that's what we, we literally stuck our flag in around. Did we think about neutralizing it? We did, we tried it. We ran it through carbon, neutralized the thing. It, it was soft as you can't believe and it tasted like nothing. But we're like, man, what are we doing? We're gonna go compete with 90 people or we're right. going to be something else. And we did and boy, was it hard. I've had it was somebody hard. spit that stuff out of my feet and mm-hmm. say, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah. But uh, say the same like, you're going to try and sell this? Yeah, something's mm-hmm. wrong with this. I'm like, well, no, it's not. This is what traditional vodka actually tastes like. And uh, we challenged that norm. We swam upstream. And in our business, when it comes to craft, craft people will know this. Vodka and gin keep the lights on. Whiskey makes you something like long-term. So whiskey is a long-term aging product. Vodka and gin, you're turning around 14 to 15 days. Grain comes in, it's going out in a bottle. That's where your cash flow is. And unfortunately, that's what most craft guys have to do because most of us didn't have millions of dollars. Yeah, we had, you can't wait. We had the, we had the shirt Stop off our back and we, we, we leveraged everything and we went for something. it. Something. Yeah. And that was it. But that was our thing. And now why a vodka stands out but, for that. But you didn't so, rush it either. I mean, you got, it, you got it right. And then, and then, yeah. then comes OIO Vodka. And yep. okay, because it's going to bring Just real me quick, to- how long from like day one to that? A year, three years, six oh, years? Oh, it was a year. A year. 
That was the year. Yeah. We got drunk a lot. So. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> we, we're, we're running off <laughs> for the a still. good cause, for a good reason. <laughs> we're running it's, off the still at 190, and we're like, wow, we don't like that. We like this, and it was a it was a complete. Mess. You're, you're <laughs> tasting every call, every call, couple call, minutes, call, making call. sure you're not messing up the cuts. And yeah, no, talking you got, to your significant pretty good by on two. the phone. I'm working. <laughs> it was. It was yeah, it was work. I'm working. That sounds working. familiar. <laughs> trying to make the trying to make the vodka vodka. Yeah. <laughs> we are both very fortunate that we have very forgiving wives. Yes, <laughs> very, very much so. In the early years, I'm not kidding you when I say Josh and I were here five to six days a week until 1 a.m., 2 a.m., nonstop. Uh-huh. Cool. We got to know the Brothers Drake guys really well. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and the interesting culture of the short north back in the 2009, 2010. Hey, did you ever say to your significant others after you hear to like midnight, one o'clock in the morning, and they would say, so what are you going to do after you get out of there? Oh, we're going to go to a bar. We're going to go next door. Just, just a, uh, just a little change of venue. <laughs> that, that might what are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Where did OYO come from as far as a, a, a name and, a, and, and marketing it as OYO? And then this transition into to Middle West. Middle West was the company yep. always, yep. right? Yep. Yep. But OYO was the brand. Correct. All right. So at some point, a light went off in, in your heads. And as, a, as I've noticed, this, this switch over mm-hmm. to branding it as, as Middle West. Yep. yep. Yeah. So what so, what happened? Well, first of all, where did OYO come from? So OYO is the original name for Ohio. Okay. Uh, the Iroquois that settled here, you know, they had the name for the beautiful river. Uh, when the French came in and took it away, depending on what tribe you were from, is how you'd pronounce it. Oyo, Ohio, Ohio, Eo. Mm-hmm. And when the English came in, they added the H and the I and it became Ohio. So for us, they did a lot of research and trying to figure out what we wanted to call the brand, right? Mm-hmm. And the grain that we're sourcing out of False Story, Ohio, right? fits perfectly into OYO. So we went down the road to say OYO is going to be the the name of our brand. Um, As you can see, our SKUs have definitely increased over the years. Mm -hmm. Uh, So last year, we decided to take a turn to say, you know what? Our clear spirits are going to stay OYO, and all of our dark spirits are going to fall under Middle West. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we also decided Mm -hmm. to say, hey, you know what? Uh, A couple years ago, we decided to do a gin, and we decided to branch that off as a Vim and Petal as well. So they all have their own staples, and they all blend and match really well together, but they all have their different breaths. And is it, because I've heard both, is it OYO or is it OYO? I heard I hear people say I'm calling it both things, or do you care? As long as you're ordering it, as long I'm as okay. you're What do you prefer? OYO. OYO. Yep. OYO. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, the middle, so this this straight weeded bourbon whiskey that I'm drinking now at one point was the OYO whiskey. Correct. It was, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. which I still have a bottle of at home. The black bottle. Yeah, the, yep. the mm-hmm. OYO bottle. Yep. I have that at yep. home since uh, that was, uh, yeah, I still have that. And had this, but we, sometimes on whiskey business, we, we taste and, you know, maybe go out. Quarter of the way through, halfway through, and it's gone. No, we, we killed this whole. We drank this whole bottle well, that night. That, yeah, I thought that, the, that the bottle did not last. The black bottle stood out. What was kind of the branding decision to scope to clear? Yeah, the um, well, uh, we made a decision in, in eleven and twelve that we um, we wanted to become a house of brands. Uh, it's very hard to go in and say I have twenty two OYO products for mm-hmm. you to buy to a bar restaurant. And it just didn't fit. The categories were um, 
differentiating themselves quite a bit. So we decided to, you know, what are our parents? What do we have that we can use? We always knew the the whiskeys were going to take Middle West, but we did not change it over until we had the volume and until we had the age. When we had the volume and we had the age, we're like, okay, let's cut it. Let's make the switch. Yeah, why make the switch before you're you're ready? Yeah, what's the point? You go out and you run another Ohio product and you have four barrels sitting back, Mm -hmm. right? As opposed to thousands. So we just, we just, decided to wait until we had what we needed and then it was our 10 10 year anniversary and we said you know what let's go ahead and wow. work this year to make the change we partnered with a local company anchor hawking down in lancaster and we said we want to make our own bottles this is our they're new splash bottles they're awesome. yeah. yeah they're beautiful bottles and then we're like it has to be strong enough to compete with that black bottle yeah. that Michelin reserve bottle Ooh. the black one beautiful stood out quite a bit it's cool uh other companies have now taken that some oh, scottish companies yeah. have which is lovely but um <laughs> it was like it, a matte finish yeah, it, yeah it's a nice uh i guess it's a feather in our cap or something but but no we we made sure that when we went to the whiskeys with the middle west that we wanted to go to something a little bit more you know, well, just better than what we had. That was a stock bottle. And we went to something that's more like a decanter and that became the brand. We split them and we're off and running now. And we're still working on it because still some people don't understand the split. Mm-hmm. So we try to talk a little bit more about it. No, there's a reason why we split all these. So. Yeah, there's some people that think these are entirely two different companies. Correct. Yep. yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So from the marketing side of things, how do you how do you close that gap? That's a challenge. Yeah. Uh, it's about getting out there and just talking to people and getting them to understand the differences and why we. So changed. people go, oh, this is this is this is OYO. Yep. That's and what they get that look of surprise and yep. they're done. Yep. Well, and you know the fact is, is that with the new launch of the new packaging, our our ages have gone a lot older. Yeah. So now we can actually give a better product. Right. I mean, right. we've always been very proud of what we've done, but we can always strive to be a better producer, and we're always will. When did you? Uh, pull up your big boy pants and say, all right, let's, let's enter some competitions and see how we stack up against the world. 2011, I believe was the first competition we actually entered into. Um, and, uh, then we pushed to the ones that we try to do like double blinds, triple blinds. We don't like where the brand's sitting in front of somebody with a glass like this. We, we just, we know there's too much, um, well, there's just not enough uh, not knowing in that when you're talking to somebody that's been sipping and he likes a label. Sure. Unfortunately, 50% of what causes somebody to buy a bottle is the package. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's a there's, there's, a, there's the unconscious mind is at work. It is. And, and it really does. Like yeah. So we just said, you know what, let's find the, the, the avenues where there's blind taste tests and let's, let's go out there and see what we're doing. And we don't do it for necessarily winning. We do it so we can see what we are compared to the people that are our peers. Okay. How do we do? So. That but was when you win. Yeah. It's good. It's nice. It's nice. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> it makes it good. You're like, oh, we won. Oh, well. Yeah, we well, weren't yeah. expecting that. We really actually give it to somebody else. We didn't really, really come we here for the win. We were just trying to see where we, we stood. We just wanted to see where we stood and everything. So. It's the, cool. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. Come it's on, awesome. man. It's great. It's Anytime nice. you win some, we just won an award and we're thrilled about it. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, if we if we hadn't won, we would have been okay. Yeah. But the fact that we did win, we can't lie. We were happy. You have to be happy sure. about it. Yeah, when we get when we get the awards that we've we received, we're very glad. We're we're thankful and that somebody likes what we're doing, which gives us right? Gives us opportunity to say, yeah, what we're doing is right. It's going the right path. Now how do we make it better? And that, that's, that's what awesome. we look at. So we're like, okay, we 
distilled it this way this time. We chose this cask this time. We rested on this this time. We look at everything. We're like, well, how do we analyze this and constantly take a variable set that's exponential? Variable sets in producing whiskey are very wide. And how do you just constantly refine and refine and refine and refine and refine? We're 12 years old. We're 11 sure. years old. Yeah. We're, com you know, there's companies out there. I was just, I spent last week in Kentucky. It was beautiful. And I'm just walking around. I'm like, oh my God, these places are amazing. They're 80 years old. Well, and that's what they, I was going to say to your award. Sorry to cut you off, but yeah. like, we're proud to be, you know, of you guys, to be a brand from Ohio and competing with these dudes mm -hmm. that have been doing it for fucking yeah. generations. It's awesome. Yeah, it, it's nice to see that. And then when we're in a competition and we go against them and we get something, right? That cool. really, we we know, hey, that's we we go in and tell Rob over at the plant, hey man, nice job, you're great, good job, keep you're good. Yeah. Thank you, Rob. Keep, right? keep going, keep going. It, it, it's it's Rob was. He's amazing. Responsible. Yeah, so, yeah. So we go on and we talk to these guys and we're like, okay, now what are we going to tweak? Mm -hmm. And we have tweaked so much in the last five years and stuff that you guys don't even know about because of going to these competitions. And we're like, how do we make this better? How can we just... So you never rest on your laurels. Oh, God, no. Nope. Yeah. No, no, no. But the laurels are good. And people, uh, I hate to be this, this uh, superficial when I speak about the public, but they do... They, oh, it won an award. Oh, it yeah. was the, I, I wasn't going to go see that movie, but it won an Oscar, so yeah. I'm going to go see yep. it. I wasn't going to buy that whiskey, but it won an award. That happened with the, the, what was it? It was McKenna's that was easily available on the shelves, you know, any, any day of the week that you wanted. Nice, reasonably priced, picked it up, and all of a sudden wins Gone. an award, and, you know, Price goes up and it's it's hard to find again. I'm like, yep. God damn it! Yeah, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it, it does that matters to some people. It does, and then and we really do care that people um, get an opportunity to work with us or try our product. But we also want to make it accessible, so we don't we don't raise elevated prices. We don't. That's not what the Midwest is about, and um, and it makes it accessible. Which brings me to my my next question in respects to the prices. Um. Do the taxes in this in this world <laughs> in Ohio, you guys trying to you know put out a good product in a lovely bottle as far as presentation? You haven't skipped on that at all, and and you're putting out and you're working hard. Beautiful soul. restaurant, yeah, yeah beautiful, beautiful bar. Nice, <laughs> but then you know, damn it, the taxes have got to be you know in Ohio for this industry are have been ridiculous have been have been improved upon where where are we at with that and how how does that affect your bottom line yeah taxes yeah, yeah. taxes here we go um, taxes have been um you know it's the the devil in the back room to be honest with you uh, it's just something that we've not been able to escape you know prohibition when it was repealed in 33 sure. um things really haven't changed it's, it's we're a sin tax item beer wine a little bit more easier to get into that from a tax regulation. We were just way, way, way more right, strict. Let so. me put it, let me ask you. Let me put it uh, in in what I call Dino terms. Yeah. Real simple. Um, the straight wick, the straight weeded bourbon whiskey. This one right here yep. sells on the shelf for forty five. Forty five bucks. Yep. Mm. All right. So after everything's said, paid, and done at forty five, what do you, what are you what are you getting out of this bottle? Markup and taxes take half. Half. It's yep. a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. 
-hmm. is there going to be any improvement in the tax arena in respects to that so that maybe you know you boys can can walk away with a little little something extra and not yeah. not raise the price for the consumer correct keep the price with it where it's at for the consumer that they're that, 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 that it's comfortable yeah you know and not raise it yeah well, uh, we, 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 we have a, we have a few we have a few <laughs> no um we were very fortunate in 2018 senator portman uh pushed a bill along uh through the senate that allowed us to reduce our federal excise tax by 80 percent and that, wow. that's a chunk. That is a chunk. The state takes a big chunk compared right, to yep. that. But, but, uh, but the federal excise tax was reduced uh, for two years temporarily to 80% of what it was before for the first 100,000 proof gallons that left your plant for production. Oh, so it was only, and only for a limited, limited time. It was limited, but it wasn't. Limited time, limited production. Limited, limited time, limited okay. production, but it wasn't just for us. It was, it was a, a, a sweeping bill that hit the wine, the beer, and, and liquor industry, including the large guys. As well, and Senator Portman pushed that through, and and it was great. We saved a lot of money. We hired a ton of people, mm -hmm. and then we recognized that that was going to run out. So over the last year, we've been working with the ACSA, the American Spirits Craft Association, and we've been doing a lot of federal lobbying. So we've been in Washington talking to the congressmen, Senate, House, both. There's two current house. There's a there's a Senate and a House bill right now that are going through Washington to try and make that federal excise tax permanent. Aside so, from the Senate and the House bill, yep. might I suggest next time you go to Washington, you take it along the MASH bill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we did well, do that. Like, we did do that. Here, yeah, it helps. Drink. <laughs> take the MASH bill along and, and, and explain to the people in Washington. That, I don't know, on that one, I don't know why all of a sudden I've become a, a, southern, you a southern gentleman, a senator from Georgia. Yeah. I want to say that these men from Ohio <laughs> need to be able to sell their whiskey at a reasonable price for the consumer. Now, I will not leave this podium until this bill is passed. He's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Nice seersucker suit you brought in yeah, for that. Yeah, exactly. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> you can come next time. <laughs> <laughs> Come to, oh, boys, there's our next whiskey business special. Oh, yeah. there is. Oh, Dino on goes to Washington. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was a good time, though. No, but if we get it passed, then the federal excise tax reductions, it means hundreds of thousands of dollars in savings per year. So, I mean, yeah. it's many people. Many people. Yeah. I think it, it max, And when you save money, you, like you said, you hired a bunch of people during oh, we that went, time. Yeah, we, right? yeah, we didn't. We Like I said, we keep reinvesting the cash. So, we went and we hired as much as we could out of it. So, immediately. And, and it makes an impact. So it makes an impact in the product and in the economy. And, oh yeah, big and time employment. So you know it's 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 kind of good for everybody. It is. It is. Um, the the laws are a little draconian. Uh, they were around from the thirty three. I, I mean, thirty three. But but you know what? I get it. I understand why they're in place. I just hope we can make them permanent because it's what's scary is. A lot of our craft brethren, so our peer sets, have used that capital to, you know, grow their business. What happens when it goes away? Yep. Right. And like, like, is it going away soon? Is it gone? Uh, it's the end of the year. End of this Good. year is yeah, when it goes so, away. Yeah, there's a potential for a year extension, but still, if it goes away and it's not permanent, what do you do? I mean, that that's huge money to to guys that mom and pops that make great product that you'd never know about they'll go away and what does that do what does that do i mean after you know you said you hired a bunch of people and mm -hmm. I, I don't want to be the the the, the cloudy gloom the and doom Debbie but Downer. If it, yeah if it, if it doesn't get extended or doesn't become permanent yeah i mean 
Does that mean layoffs at, at Middle West? Does that mean no? You keep everybody on and find a way to make it work. Yeah, you make you find a way to make it work. Yep. Because Fourth, in those two in those two years when you had it, sales went up. They did right. So yep. Okay. So it kind of all it, it levels out, evens yep. out, and hopefully evens out long enough to where it becomes a permanent thing, yep. and then we just go down the happy path. Correct. Okay. Yeah, we're 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 fortunate in that we were early to the game when it comes to craft, and you know it's just a. We're a slow and steady group. Uh, the, the challenge with whiskey is if you go too fast, you suck your stock dry, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If you go just not fast enough, you have no money. So you have to find this happy medium to where you grow at a, at a nominal rate that keeps you growing, that allows you to continually reinvest in yourself and lay stuff up. Most of us in our category, we don't want to put four-year whiskeys out. We want 10 year mm-hmm. and 12 year and 15 and 17 sure. year. We got to be here for 15 years. You got to be here. You got to be so. here that long to make it. How do you guys get along with uh, your, for lack of a better word, your competition? And, and you know, you know, the, they've done well for themselves as well. You know, yeah. Watershed's done, done, done. They've done, done a really nice job. job. Yeah. yeah. They've done uh, a good job as well. So do you guys kind of. Is it spy versus spy, like in the old mad magazine, or is it <laughs> the white guy, the black guy going at it, or or is it actually, you know, uh, I, and I would like to think that it's more of a a community where, you know, we can only help each other in, in the in the process of continuing to put out good Ohio products. It, yeah. it is. It, it's uh, all all ships rise with the rising tide. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we um, you know, we help distilleries in Ohio all the time. You know, if they've got an issue with distilling. They got an issue with anything. They they call. We are there in ten seconds to help them out. We have to be. We have to be because I got to be honest with you. There there are no education centers for what we do. It's not like you can go to the Oxford University to pick up a, a <laughs> distilling degree here. It's all word of mouth. It's all on the job training. So when you have somebody that's just trying to come in and say, I don't want to hurt somebody. I want. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to, I want to be safe. <laughs> yeah. I, right. And I want to make good stuff. We're like, well, sure. Let's let's talk. We we you know we have our own trade secrets. We're not going to sure. tell everybody everything. But but the basic step sp- one, step two. Here's correct. not. Here's how not to kill yourself. That's correct. That's common knowledge. That yeah. You just share. Yeah. Just do things right. And and you you, we believe that in the golden rule. If you you know treat others as you want to be treated, and you know what sometimes that bites us in the butt. Yep. Um, Brother, I have been there. Uh, I have tried to follow that rule in this world of, of broadcasting. Tough. And it has bitten me in the ass oh, yeah. uh, a couple of times through the years. But, you know, I have no regrets for yeah, having you, taken that road. And you hold your integrity high. A yep. little bit, so, right? So right. It's, and it's not like we're better than anybody else. We just, hey, man, just do the right thing. Just help everybody out. And if you're going to be that guy, then realize everybody's going to know that. So. Yeah, yeah. Some of the craft cocktail guys uh, and gals that we have had on say the exact same thing. No, they're not my competition. We bounce ideas off each other all the time. We and do? I think it's kind of the yeah, same world. Because yeah. there's a lot of people who are making great craft cocktails in this city. And right. they're all spread out. And, you know, and they have competitions. Yeah. And some of our, our friends on the podcast that have, been, have won those competitions and done very well. But the whole craft cocktail thing, too. I've always asked the bartender perspective of it. As far as you know, where do they think it's going and, and, and continuing to explode? If the craft cocktail disappeared mm-hmm. tomorrow mm-hmm. and people went back to just you know basically pouring whiskey into a glass, drinking it neat on ice, whatever the case might be, do you think you would still you know I, I, be that go-to whiskey? I would. 
I would say yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't think the craft, I know that it's great that it goes into craft cocktails and it's a craft bourbon and so forth. But end of the day, it's just damn good whiskey. That's the goal. Quality. Right. Right? Quality. right. Every single thing that we've ever produced, we've had it sort of a thing in our operations is make sure that when you pour it in a glass, vodka, gin, you can sip it neat. If you can, if you can sip it neat, then then the cocktails are are secondary to a certain degree. So, um, John's and John's uh, yeah, you're right. I, I don't I don't see the cocktail. That's why we're here. World going away. I think it's only going to get stronger. Right. Um, I think the creativity in that world is just. I, I it's, like the it's fact, astronomical. It's, I like the fact that it uh, it it called back, yeah. if you will. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. You can pour um, some old school. You know, oh, cocktails that our parents that our oh. parents grew up with oh, yeah. and, and you know and and ordered on a regular basis the old fashioned the Tom oh, yeah. Collins the rusty nail and so forth and oh, so the on nail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have a bad memory of that <laughs> night. both of you your your first taste of whiskey was at what age oh god come on living on the farm 15? whether whether it was whether it was actually 15. given to you or you stole it I stole it. You stole it, yeah. yeah. For my, from, and it was some of the shine. <laughs> it was my no. It was my dad's. Uh, uh, he had wild turkey. Wild. So back in the um, the seventies, um, the whiskey distilleries had a lot of trouble selling whiskey. Mm -hmm. So they came up with gimmicks to sell stuff, and they went into the ceramics. You remember all the ceramics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so those he are had cool. Like forty of them in the basement, and I knew I knew not what they were growing up. Until my buddy told me, he's like, those are full of whiskey. And they had the little tag over them, the uh -huh. bonded tag. So we would uh, go in the water. We would release them. And we would open them up. And we'd dump a One little bit in an orange like juice container. And off we go on the four wheelers. <laughs> Grew up a redneck. And, so, and uh, how, how was you get sick? It was terrible. <laughs> you hated it? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 15. It was absolutely awful. And, uh, you know, then I, I started to really, when I got into college, that's when I started to fall back in love with it. So fall back uh, in love with uh, whiskey with whiskey. What uh, was it in college? Oh, uh, and in, in college, what was uh, you go to in college? Oh my God. Uh, and did you ever bring any, any stuff from home? No, up God, to college? No. I had some, um, it was powerful, <laughs> exceptionally powerful. And, uh, I remember the first time I found it, uh, on the family, uh, premise, it's gone now a long time ago. I was, I was 10, got in a lot of trouble. Um, but then, uh, we saw it over the years. Uh, it, it was around, and you always knew what it was because you'd pick it up and it was a ball jar and it just didn't look right. <laughs> it didn't look like water. Why would you put water in a ball jar? But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but it was there, and uh, yeah, I've definitely had my fair share. So. Yeah. My brother-in-law so, says the, the mailman would ring it. <laughs> uh, where'd you get it? The mailman. Oh, yeah. the mailman. So do you remember in college, because I didn't drink whiskey in college. I was, I was, drinking, uh, I was drinking gin. It was Jack right. Daniels. It was Jack Daniels. There oh, yeah. you go. It was Daniels, right? man. It was always yeah, Daniels. Jack, Jack, it was Daniels. full bottles, too. It was a mess. So, it was a mess. Yeah, and but, you, sir? Probably around 14. 14? Uh, buddy's house, you know, hey. What's this? And it, I don't even remember the brand. It was just like, hey. Was it whiskey or was it booze? Or do it you was remember? whiskey. It was yeah, whiskey. No, yeah, because it, um, it was interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> it didn't taste so great the first time around. Um, yeah. I'd say once college, probably more like, uh, unfortunately, Southern Comfort, oh, uh, which is that. terrible. Oh. Uh, yeah. 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 So, um, nothing Southern and nothing comfortable about it. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. That horrible memories. Yeah. Horrible. Immediately. Horrible. <laughs> or no memories, uh, one yeah, or the other. But uh, 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 yeah, I'm a little older than than you boys. But I, I remember my first 
experience with alcohol was wasn't even uh, whiskey or or gins or vodkas. Unfortunately, it was uh, Mad Dog Twenty Twenty, oh, yeah. mm. Annie yeah. Green Springs, yeah. and Boone's Farm, Boone's yeah. Strawberry Hill, yeah, Strawberry Hill. <laughs> you better believe it. You can drink it all. Yep. Uh, mine was Tain Curé. I, d- I didn't realize like really. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, terrible. Yeah, I know, that I is know. terrible. <laughs> I didn't realize how classy I was drinking. Me and my buddies yeah. snuck it, and this is the best. Oh we, my god. We mixed it with uh, Big Red. Soda. Oh. So we're mixing tan oh, that ended up gin. Well. gin yeah. Red soda. Yeah, because we're this classy. Is, yeah, this is probably like yeah, yeah, sophomore in high school ish. Ladies, would you like some tangeray and big and red soda? Big red soda. <laughs> have, have, have you Penny's guys ever dropped. heard of Purple Passion? Yes. Oh. Everclear and grape soda. Oh, oh that's yes. that, that that goes to a we, uh, one thousand. That was uh, the, because, we call you know. them, we, we, that would be what we call them wild buffalo. Yeah. parties. Oh, yeah. They in, sell them in two uh, liters. Yes. Oh, yeah. You're like, and you can't get Everclear in the state of Ohio. You, I always pick up yep. a couple bottles when I'm in Tennessee or another state because yep. they don't sell Everclear in Ohio. And I don't know why. I was like, I'm I'm 60 years old, uh, just in case I decide to have a wild buffalo party. No. And I was in need of <laughs> oh, some Everclear, and you gave it to oh, me. Oh, right, because you were making uh, limoncello. I made some homemade limoncello, and I was like, and God damn you, it, you I don't have any Everclear. Everclear. And he's like, <laughs> oh, well, God, so Would you like some my stock? I got to admit, I do like being that guy like, oh, man, if we only had a spotted pony. I have one. <laughs> Come on yeah, over, my mother you can was borrow me. Ask me back by Thursday. But, yes, I have a spotted pony if you need a spotted pony. Oh man, so yeah, so whiskey in college and in and you in college it was more than like Southern Comfort, yeah, yeah Southern which Comfort. is unfortunate. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we don't know what the fuck we're doing <laughs> when, we're, when we're twenty. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, it's know. like yeah. Jack and Natty Light. Yeah, 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 a lot of natural light. Milwaukee's best. So you know, or or the Beast. Yeah, the Beast. Or the Beast. I don't want to upset Josh and get away from the brand, but. I mean, if you're making whiskey, you have to appreciate other whiskeys. Sure. So when you're not drinking your own products, mm. I mean, I, I hate when people ask me this, and I'm not going to ask you what's your favorite, but, but what, do you, what, what do you lean towards, or what do you like to experience and experiment with and see what uh, get yeah. curious about? Yeah. Um, this Rise, bar- bourbons, uh, scotches. I, um, I, I, little, I dabble in pretty much everything. It uh, depends on the environment that I'm in, but... Recently, I had a, a Knob Creek uh, single barrel, mm-hmm. 120 proof. Uh, it was 14 years old. Oh, my God. It was, it was unbelievable. Um, you know, I, I'll do, I like to experiment with a lot of the higher proof stuff and see where things are going because it's not somebody didn't add water to it to cut it to something that I would take. So Taylor's, uh, the Buffalo Trace stuff they were doing uh, with that double cask. Yeah. I was in Philadelphia two years ago at a trade show and I literally had my double cast sitting next to a booth with their double cast and I got wow. pulverized by them. I was like, this is great. So I just went over there and hung out with them and drank all night. But uh, yeah, no, I, I really admire those guys for what they do with that stuff. So we try to get that, that cool stuff as much as we can find. It's hard to get in Ohio. Usually I have to go to Kentucky to yeah, find right, that kind of right, stuff. Right. But yeah, any of that, that, uh, that specialty thing is, is pretty cool. Um, if I'm skiing, Lagavulin. What's that? Lagavulin when I'm skiing. Yeah. Smoky Scotch. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't know why. Love it when I'm going up the ski lift because it helps me get down the hill. I think it just takes <laughs> I, the was a a, uh, <laughs> I was actually a Scotch drinker before I was a, uh, a bourbon drinker yeah. and, or, or just uh, other forms of whiskey. And I've, I don't even want to say it again. I've said it on the podcast before. It was the death of Frank Sinatra that 
put me on a Jack Daniels binge. Oh, no kidding. And and now Jack is one of my one of my no, go tos on an yep. everyday on an everyday level. Um, Are you a Scotch drinker? Do you still drink? I scotch? still enjoy scotches. Okay. I don't like the smoky ones as much as as he does. Okay. Uh, that, uh, yeah. I, I don't like. Uh, uh, but I, I still I enjoy them. I enjoy uh, Balvini. the 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 Balvinis, oh, yep. uh, the Macallans. Oh, yeah. uh, yep. the, you know the, when there's some there's some there's some scotches out there that I can't even pronounce that people would say. Have you tried you know uh, Laparoscavia or what the who or there's, there's something there there's crazy Irish names that I've never even heard of. So <laughs> yeah. my knowledge in the Scotch world is is limited. Even though I did like to drink it when I was, but I would, but I only drank what I knew. Yeah, I, Glenn yeah. Levitt, yeah, Glenn yeah. Levitt on the rocks. Oh, yeah. McAllen's, I know that one. Balvenie, I know that one. I knew three, yep. and they were good ones, and yep. I drank them. So the best one now, I've ever had though was when we were in Nashville. Booker's. We had a seventeen-year-old Booker's rye. Yeah, it was really nice. Wow. Oh my. It God. was nice. And do you drink it? And, and and is there is there a part of you that's drinking it? And you look at it. And you said you said you tried the fourteen year old, uh, Knob Creek. Yeah. Now you got the seventeen year old Booker's. And you're thinking into yourself, man, come on, Middle West, hang in there. We're gonna get there. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna have this. Years, this is gonna be. Yeah. We're Let's gonna be it. there. And there's, somebody's gonna be going. Have you tried the Middle West? 14 year oh my god there's no doubt right well, that's, that's gonna where, happen that's where it comes from that's where it comes and from you, that, did, you didn't bring this amazing. up yet the, uh you guys have i guess what do you call it a, a barrel house a rick house we do like yeah. here in the city of columbus uh, yeah well now we have two so yeah. i mean yeah. i think you when you think of a, you know, think of like the wild turkey you know out in the big uh, kentucky farms but yeah. there's two rick houses in the city of columbus there are and what what's your oldest one Right Sit now, uh, we have a nine-year-old. All right. Yeah. But tell so. us more about those houses. Uh, they are... Um, We're not going to give you the addresses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, I'm just asking for a friend. I'm asking for a friend. Um, no, they're... Uh, yeah, that, that's the other part. That it's, that's something else. Um, depending on the distillery you go to in Kentucky, when you go on a tour, they'll say 70% of the flavor comes from the barrel or 50%. Right, right, right. You know what? Yeah, sure. Flavor comes from the barrel. 50, 70% is in the eye of the beholder, really. Um, chemically, you could probably analyze it to tell exactly what that number right, is, but right, it right, varies right. by place. Um, the bottom line is this. Every single step in making a whiskey is unbelievably important. You cannot skip one. So aging is just as important how you cook a barrel how you burn it how you roast it the 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 drying time on the staves the char level the time in the barrel the oxidation all of that factors into what makes a very good long-term whiskey and as long as you think about the things that the good guys do what are they doing where are they pulling from the rick house we've taken a lot of those cues to build our rick houses so temperature control time how high how wide airflow barrel all that stock stuff all the consideration when we make a whiskey because our goal is just what you said i want somebody when i hand him a 17 year old michael in reserve to be like oh my god where am i going to find that because i know when i left i was like jesus i gotta find that do you know that i never found it no never found it again i've asked everybody i know and i know a couple people down there I are you sure you had it 
Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't that, a dream? We had that and a, and, a, and, a, and a tomahawk about that thing. <laughs> yep. It was a very good night. <laughs> Sit at the bar. Oh my god. Ice cube in the middle. Oh and yeah. Just it relaxing. Was, it, was a, it was a special. It was yeah. Do I dare ask what the the tomahawk had to do with anything? Or? It was just the steak. Yeah. yeah. The oh, steak. The big thick. Oh, oh the big steak. Oh, the big tomahawk with, steak. With the, the bone in. It was just like. So if you would have died that night, you would have been you would have been like, okay, well, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Check, check, check. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. That's a good and there was way a guy in the back playing a piano. Oh, it was he was a, playing it was like dirty piano. Was, uh, I was yeah. like, Where am I? It's called the Rainbow Room yeah. in, the, in Nashville. In Nashville. If you get a chance to go there, it's a special experience. They acquire so. lots of great whiskeys. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, this has been uh, a road trip. This is next field trip. This has been an amazing experience. I have. One very important question that I'll ask for myself and the boys: um, Are we going to get a free T-shirt? <laughs> sure, of course. <laughs> You're already wearing them. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I want to. I, I want to thank you both, gentlemen, so much, uh, Ryan Lang and and Josh Daly, and uh, please give our thanks to Brady as well. Yep. Uh, for, for letting us come in here. Um, I think our whiskey business fans. Uh, who listen to the podcast for a lot of reasons, but every time we get to go a little whiskey centric, uh, it's very cool. And when we can actually do something like this, actually be at the place and kind of hear a story about uh, a company that that started right here in Columbus, Ohio, and now has you know, you know worldwide awards and national exposure, and, and it continues to grow and prosper. Nothing but the best of luck to everybody involved in the Middle oh, West, thank especially you. Uh, you guys for being here today. So thank you so much. I, I really appreciate, do appreciate it. Um, the guest bottle, where'd it go? There it goes. Oh, it was yeah, this one, right? Man. Yeah. Oh. It was the, uh, it was the Middle it West uh, straight rye whiskey, which apparently, how many bottles left? Uh, well, it depends on how much you guys buy when you well, leave. Yeah. <laughs> right now we have 20. 19. 20. Make it 19. <laughs> 16. 16. <laughs> I was gonna say, you got the. I know, I know that the the, the bar and the restaurants closed, but is the credit card machine running? Because we might take them all. It's always running. Uh, it's running. We'll take them before we leave. I don't know how to use it. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Uh, I have no idea. I just make the whiskey. I don't count the how the money gets put into the register. This is beautiful stuff. Hansberry, a couple things before we close. Well, I thought this was fitting. This is from Jumping Jesse. He says. Where are we going? Question mark with a five star review. Love the podcast. Never know who I'll meet. Where Dino will take me. Well, and while sipping on some whiskey, you gotta love it. Well, that's cool. Good we job. have taken right. you to uh, the heart of Middle West spirits, and also congratulations. I almost forgot the, the service bar. Yeah, it's like yeah. one of the most popular and 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 hard to get it's into beautiful. places in the it's city. Beautiful. People rave about service bar. So you got to be happy about that as well. Did you have any inkling that you would get into the, into the service side of it as well you know, on that level? Or was that your concoction? It took a little while to get there. We had to change some laws in order to open that up. Yeah? So brews and wineries had always been able to do a tasting room. Spirits could not. So it took us a little while to leverage the state. Don't you have, I, I, I learned this from, the, from Leanne's tour, don't you have like a, oh. something over here that allows you to do it? A super if secret? Take, if we take the... Uh, the Diaper, you okay. Know, All right. Okay. Later, yes. oh, we have a we have a special little oh, okay. room this called the secret. winery that we actually built 
just in case okay, Law didn't well, get passed. That's a tease for people to come and get a tour here at, at, at yes. uh, Middle West because you can get a tour, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, would one would want, Thursdays, want Fridays, and Saturdays, we do public tours. Oh Sign up, MiddleWestBeers.com. Yeah. I, I got a feeling that the, that the, the farmer in Ryan – is not going to leave any stone unturned and to, and to make sure that all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed sufficiently. So, yeah, I don't see any any kind of those mistakes happening down the line. Nothing but but uh, moving moving up and moving forward. That's a great bar. This is a great place. Anything else you got to mention before we go? Instagrams, Facebook, right? YouTube, and uh, share with your friends, man. The grassroots yeah. effort is legit. Uh, we hope that you guys will share this as, oh, we as well with uh, with your, your Middle West people. My name is Dino Tripotis. Uh, Whiskey Business is a Never the Luck production produced on the audio side by uh, the always propagating uh, Greg Hansberry. <laughs> <laughs> And, and on the video side on YouTube, <laughs> the amazing John Whitney. And our guests have been Josh Daly and Ryan Lang from right here at Middle West Spirits in Columbus, Ohio, who have been making uh, amazing whiskey since, well, they started in 2008. And, and the first vodka went out in 2010, but it's onward and upward. And I can't wait to try that 12-year, that 14-year, that 17-year. Three years away. They said they got a nine-year hiding somewhere. See, right. Yeah, I'll still be. Yeah, I'll still get one. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, it, we will be too. Ryan, Ryan says we're not sure we will. <laughs> All right. So, guys, until the next bottle. See ya. Cheers. Cheers, man. Beautiful. The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains, will discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting, and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show.